In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data, so we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, somewhere in western New York, it's the Computer Exorcist Podcast. I'm Mark Anthony Arena, and I am here again welcoming back Kara Jean to the show. And uh, she's from Taking Kara Business, that's C-A-R-A. And she is a leadership coach, and um, we we're gonna we did last episode, and we're gonna do this one together here. And and she just brings a leadership perspective. I'm dying to know what you're gonna say about about these articles today. Oh, we um, had so much fun last time. I just can't wait to do another one. Well, and I could, I you know, I can't wait for the time in my life when I can just do episodes all day and just yeah, get the backlog out of my briefcase. <laughs> <clears throat> okay um can't wait what you got to what you hear and uh, anytime i have guests on i love the the outside perspective they bring instead of my usual i i bet that you listeners are sick of my usual take on things so here we go <clears throat> this is the um we're gonna call this the godzilla versus mothra episode and you know in the past I'll, I'll do a segment here and there of Godzilla versus Mothra. In other words, one big tech company that's evil fighting another big tech company that's evil, and they're both pointing out the planks in each other's eyes, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, TVAnswerMan.com. This is from back in 2020. Uh, Roku removes the Spectrum app in a fee fight. Roku has removed Charter Spectrum TV app from its channel store in the latest carriage dispute. <laughs> carriage dispute. It sounds like an 1800s fist fight, doesn't it? Oh, with the, with yeah, the, the streets, people. I'm meeting at noon. Yeah, with the curly mustache. <clears throat> uh, the app, which allows Spectrum subscribers to watch TV on their Roku, is still available for on the Roku uh, for the Roku owners who previously downloaded it. However, you can no longer download it from the Roku Channel Store uh, by itself. You can't download it anymore. Um, the app is still available on other platforms like Apple TV, heaven forbid the Samsung Smart TV, the Xbox, and your tablet, and that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> side note, 
that's one thing I don't like about the streaming device world, is you have to have a specially sanctioned app. Okay, so if I launch something, you know, in contrast with a website, you just make a website. And guess what? Any kind of any brand of any kind of anything can look at your website because of something called universal standards. HTML is a universal worldwide standard. And as long as your computer obeys HTML and the website obeys HTML, you're all set. But in the stream, right? But in the streaming world, well, you have to have a sanctioned app. So if I come out with with some kind of a thing. I have to hire a dude to make a sloppy app and then he'll probably vanish to another galaxy five minutes later and then I'm stuck with an app that doesn't quite work right and then they vanish. But anyway, you have to have specially sanctioned apps. So it's, oh, I want to watch this channel, but are you available on Samsung? Are you available on Roku? Are you available on Xbox? Okay. And then I hope to change that someday with my Streamplicity project and that's that's for the future. So Spectrum PR says, Roku is an important partner and we're hopeful we'll reach an agreement soon. Roku has removed all references to Spectrum from its website. Um, and by the way, folks... It's a I mean, silent treatment. Yeah, it's a silent treatment. <laughs> it's that anthropomorphic thing, right? Uh, so... The and, and, and folks, you've seen this before. Like anytime you're watching sports on TV, you get that little scrolly thing at the bottom that says, This channel is being mean to us, and you won't be able to watch it on satellite anymore. So you have to call your congressman because they have nothing better to do, right? Than, right? than fight for your TV sports. Yeah. Make sure you get your football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a routine thing here. But in the case of normal television, it kind of makes sense, right? Because the satellite carrier has to carry the local TV and they have to have agreements, blah, blah, blah. This is just preposterous, and I'll explain why in a second. Um, as I always do. The <laughs> Roku had a similar dispute last January with AT&T over its TV app, and Roku is now engaged in a more heavily publicized scrap with AT&T over the HBO Max app uh, due to differences over fees and advertising marketing issues. Roku has signaled in the last year or so that it plans to push for greater compensation and control. All right, actually, that's not, I shouldn't even do my fluffy PR voice there. Like, this is actually a very important thing. Roku is pushing for greater compensation and control. In other words, we're going to squeeze you if you dare put your app on our platform, okay, when it comes to adding high-profile apps. All right, so we'll squeeze the, the big the big providers. The company is arguably the nation's leading maker of streaming devices in at least 40 million homes. And this article is from 2020. So, <clears throat> yes, I love Roku. They're still my favorite because they're not nearly as horrific as Samsung. Okay, Samsung TVs record what you say in your house or in your living room, in your bedroom or whatever. Samsung TVs are recording that and selling those recordings to their vendors willy-nilly I didn't say it. Everyone's saying it. Go look at articles. I didn't make that up. It's everywhere. Look it up. So Roku is the least bad among all these. So they're just simple greed as opposed to horrific, complex, intrusive <laughs> greed like, like Samsung. Greed. <clears throat> okay. Um, and all right, here's the deal. Okay. Here's why this is ridiculous. Roku manufactures a device a nice cute little device that works pretty well it's like a little appliance right and of course they get forced update attacks that even i can't protect you from so the roku will eventually destroy itself after three years but still it's the least bad among this cesspool industry it's the least bad among its competitors 
Um, but Roku is a handy little device. I, I thought of this back in 06, and, and I created something back then, and it's it's been on the back burner ever since. But, um, but I thought about, hey, when I come home from work, I don't want to, you know, now that all the content is, is going moving toward the internet, when I come home from work, I don't want a keyboard and mouse and pop-up and viruses to watch all this stuff. I want a remote. So Roku was the first one to successfully bring that to market. Okay, fine. <clears throat> but they manufacture a device that displays the internet content on your television. It's a device. Do you see what they're doing here? They're limiting what, who has access to the device. Sort of. They're, they do limit things. I mean, every tech company can chop you off if they don't agree with you and they think you're hate speech and all that. But th what they're doing here is they're saying, you know, we're not going to limit you per se, but if you become a big, juicy provider like HBO, then we're going to squeeze you. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay, so, I missed that part. Yep, I hear that. But, it, but it, just the fact that they can do... I mean, what if you're... Yeah phone company said and, and this goes back to net neutrality actually but but my analogy there was like what if your phone company said you know what you're gonna call mark anthony arena oh <laughs> yeah he's a big guy we're gonna charge you for that call they're gonna start charging you based on what you do these folks manufactured a freaking piece of plastic with a remote and they think they're gonna start uh, uh, controlling and you know they're they're don fanucci from godfather 2 i'm gonna wet my beak right yeah. Right? It's, they made the it's... controller, now they think they are the controller. All right, and again, they just made... So, hey, hey, Kara Jean, guess what? Hey, you know, I was taking a bath the other day, and, um, you know, my bathtub is probably like 50-something years old, right? Yeah, I just got a phone call from them, and they said, Hey, Mark, you know what? You're taking a nice hot bath, and um, we, we want a cut of that. You know, we're going we're gonna to take some of that money from your water authority. Like, pff, that's how ridiculous <laughs> this industry is! That's how corrupt it is! Yeah, yeah. You say something, and I'll think of another stupid analogy. I mean, it really is. It's it's like mob bosses arguing with mob bosses, and big shocker, they're just sitting in a room yelling at each other and not hearing a single thing, and then nothing gets accomplished except that we get the backlash of mob battles. Yeah, and again, <laughs> I mean, it's just they manufactured something that I'm using. They sold it to me once. It's mine forever. And now they want to milk me for fees. The One of the chief executives at Vizio, um, please go teach them a lesson. Call them up right now and tell them they need your help because this joker this actually... Podcast, they said, you need leadership support. I'm here. Yes, yes. Okay, at least I admire the guy because he came out, one of the leaders at Vizio, and he said, yeah, he admitted. I mean... They're the second worst as far as intrusive spying. On, and he says, yeah, we call it post-purchase monetization. Post-purchase. So after you buy the Vizio TV and you give them your couple hundred bucks for the TV, you bring it home and the Vizio TV, Vizio and Samsung both bully you viciously into connecting to the internet. Do not do that because in both cases, they record all of your behavior Samsung records also what you say, but they record all of your watching behavior and they monetize that behavior by selling your behavior to people. And then they ask for a cut, right? They, they ask for a cut from anything you're watching. So it's like if I bought some new kitchen cabinets, right? And, and I set them up and I remodel the kitchen and kitchen cabinets come in. And then the cabinet maker says, hey, you know what? They call the grocery store and they say, hey, we heard Mark Anthony Arena is buying some uh, pretzels. 
and we heard he's buying cans of chicken soup. So, uh, yeah, you're going to have to give us a cut of that, because he's using our cabinets. Weird. And creepy. Great marketing, though. I mean, really, like, if you're, if, like we talked in the last episode, if your goal is money, this is a way to make money. It is sure not a way to make friends, and it's sure not a way to sustain any in kind of income, and it's certainly a way for people to stop purchasing your machines because they don't want your dirty money as their goal. Um, yeah, but, but just sure don't tell them. But it's a quick path to money. You're right, you're right, but guess what? No one knows this is happening. Yeah. Computer world is scary. We don't want to know anything about that. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm stupid. I don't know anything about computers. Yeah. Or they tell you you're stupid and you don't know anything about computers. Don't don't look in the don't don't look at the man behind the curtain. And then they hyper complexify it on a daily basis. Yeah, that's what's happening, folks. That's what we do on this show is we expose what's happening. One more. Yeah. Okay. And and we're not. This is just an audio podcast, but of course, folks, there's. Lots of Italian hand gestures going on. <clears throat> and shock face. If you could see the, what we see in the camera, I was, I've probably spent most of this podcast with my jaw on the ground. Just, what? That's cool. And, you know, I, I get the validation here. Like, oh, someone gets what I'm saying. Like, wow. And again, I'm just reading articles. I don't make this stuff up, folks. <laughs> I'm reading articles Large here. content. New York Post, December 2020. Facebook slams Apple's privacy update in a full-page newspaper ad. <laughs> Another Godzilla versus Mothra, right? And and like I was telling you before the before the show here, it's like you, you you see these like one evil giant going after another evil giant, but it's like I want both of them to defeat each other. Like I yeah. want both of them to go out of business because they are not helping anyone. They just no. don't help anyone. No. You know, so as a leadership coach, my question is, how can we have it all? Like, what if they stop fighting each other and just turn into beautiful butterflies? Wouldn't that be nice? Like, that would be the way things ought to go. Like, it could. It could. I'm not saying it should. I think it should. But I'm not shooting on anybody. I'm just saying it could. And what could happen? I'm not shooting on did? anybody. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right because you know again I want to see the, both of these companies go out of business, right? And and what I say in in my my next book that's coming out, that's a really good point because I I say that um in my next book is that you know I I address the the fact that everyone in the world is fighting and everyone is divided and blah 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 and and I've heard a lot of people say you know what in in your classic movies. Right? What happens? You chase the bad guy off a cliff, right? The movie ends and everyone's satisfied and the bad guy dies. But guess what? God doesn't want the bad guy to die because we're all his guys. And yeah. so actually, he wants the bad guy to turn good, right? Yeah. So Everybody you're absolutely right. Redemption story. Can you imagine what would happen in the tech world if they decided they wanted to become the world's biggest redemption story? Oh, the marketing, the PR, the change, the the communicate, their ability to communicate globally. Like if they turn that as a power move for growth and transformation and positivity, holy! Wow, and, and you know, I so 
I'm so inundated with all the bad news of my industry, but every once in a while, there's a little inkling of my wildest dreams. Like, wow, imagine if one of these companies decided to do the opposite of HP, right? Like around 2010, HP had this meeting and they banged a gavel and said, we're going to be the worst, most nasty organization ever in human history. Make the most money and care the least about how we do it. And now all their products die almost immediately. They spy on everything you do. Like every aspect of every interaction with HP is a negative one. So imagine if, if someone did an opposite one, right? I mean, I can't, I'm trying to think of an example. I can't even think of an example where all of a sudden a company decides to turn good. So I'm not turned good, but Google took a step in that direction when they decided to become people centric and as far as in their their creation. So like like the Google complexes, are, <laughs> I mean, they're a full on complex, like their whole idea is that they want you to want to be at work, but they want you to be at work as a whole person. So your family can come. There's restaurants, there's exercise, there's games, there's hang space, there's bars at work because they recognize that they were employing human beings and if they helped the humans be humans then they showed up better to work <gasps> that's pretty cool and that's a step in the right direction i've got a cousin who worked at both google and amazon he knows nothing about computers but he's a party planner and he said you know the 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 flip side to that is look they'll give you lobster dinners at work and they'll hire rappers to come and perform right at your office and that's cool and everything he goes but they won't let you go home no yeah like they for me right right that's the thing i mean for me i don't care about money i just i mean that's why i started this business because i couldn't i did corporate for one year and i can't handle i just want to be home and left alone for the rest of my life like that's what i value more than anything else is being home and being left alone and here I am working a zillion hours a week. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Facebook slams Apple's privacy update and full-page newspaper ads. Facebook took out a full-page newspaper ad Wednesday slamming an Apple privacy update for the iPhone, claiming it'll threaten small business, right? In reality, both of these monsters are stomping on us little people, right? That's what's actually happening here. But Apple he's something unleashed... bigger. Right, right. He's stomping bigger, right? Like you're saying, like their kids arguing, like, well, that one stomped louder. Mom, he's breathing on me. <laughs> so here's the deal. I, like, even in this sentence, like, what, what gets me right away is Apple unleashed an attack that attacked all the iPhones in the world. Like, shame on you. This isn't your iPhone. We're going to do an update attack and modify how your phone works. Okay, that's the first shameful thing right here, is that Godzilla and Mothra are already stomping on us. Okay, so Apple did a privacy update attack for the iPhone, and claiming it'll somehow threaten small business. Apple plans to roll out changes to its software early next year that'll require app developers to explicitly ask users for permission to track their data, a move aimed at shoring up privacy protections. Hmm? Consent. What, an, what, a, what a crazy thing to put in there. Right, and and it's a great idea. My fear is that it's going to turn into people getting fatigue from the allow, allow, allow button. Right, they'll just yeah, they just, no, yeah, we read it, we just allow. click the button. Yeah. Right, just click it. Uh, but it, it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, let's see here. <clears throat> Facebook claims the shift could cripple small businesses' ability to effectively target digital ads that boost their revenues. Um, we're standing up to Apple for small businesses everywhere. Huh. That didn't sound like a small, hmm, sounded like you were standing up to Apple because you wouldn't make as much money. 
yeah and and you're right about it that's that's perfect um but they have to word it in a populist way to make it look like they're well well, i mean because in my opinion apple did protect people by doing this by like saying hey look yeah by the way hey we found out what facebook's doing to you so we're gonna put a stop to it unless you are you okay with this yeah Uh, facebook is like oh how do we word this Here's how they worded it. Without personalized ads, Facebook data shows the average small business advertiser stands to see a cut of over 60% of their sales for every dollar they spend. The ad pointed readers to a webpage featuring testimonials from entrepreneurs who rely on targeted digital ads. The website also has a toolkit to download Facebook's pressure campaign against Apple. Of course, make these people work for us. So we're going to stomp on some little ants down there and make some of the ants fight against our opponent, too. Yeah. Apple accused the social media titan of trying to undercut its efforts to protect user privacy. Uh, It's a simple matter of standing up for our users. Users should know when their data is being collected and shared across other apps and websites, and they should have the choice to allow it. App tracking transparency does not require Facebook to change its approach. It simply requires them to give users a choice. Bam. Yeah. Facebook executives have made clear that their intent is to collect as much data as possible uh, to develop and monetize detailed profiles of their users. And this disregard for user privacy continues to expand. All right, look, folks, real quick. So Apple ain't no saints, all right? They're absolutely brutal. In in my opinion, they're the most brutal, brutal organization um, right now in this industry. They attack you brutally if you, if you forget your password. They punish you and make you think about what you've done. They attack their own products with update attacks. If you have an iPhone, go to settings in general right now and then go to automatic update attacks and disable it. That'll make your phone last 10 years instead of two. <gasps> Because update attacks destroy the phone, so it's too slow to use after a couple of years. Um, <clears throat> so Apple is just the leader in brutality. They used to be awesome. They used to be superior in most ways. And then in 2018, they fell to pieces and said, hey, you know those $2,000 computers we're selling? How about we keep selling them for $2,000, but we make them not upgradable and not repairable anymore? That'll be cool. So Great. congratulations, folks. We'll you bought more. a $2,000 paper cup that's yep. disposable. Anyway, but Facebook, look, if I'm a small business owner, yeah, I want to know people's demographic, their approximate age, approximate location, and approximate interests. That's cool. And I don't think anyone has a problem with that. But what Apple, sorry, what Facebook does is they record everything you ever do to a point where most people don't even know the difference between texting and Facebook Messenger. They're looking at your private messages. They were caught a couple years ago selling your private messages to Bing, which is a desperate, pathetic uh, search engine. Um, That nobody loves, yeah. <laughs> that no one loves, and, and people have no clue. You know, 99% of the users are unknowingly using it um, because of something called toolbars. Anyway, so it's it's okay to know approximate demographics, folks, but don't, don't let that justify Facebook's intrusion into everything you ever, ever, ever do in your life. Yeah, I mean, really, so as a coach, consent is key. Like, that's what this conversation is about. Like, that data is going to be collected. It is already being collected because that's what computers do. They collect data. But the consent part comes in with, do you know they're collecting it? And are you willing to share that? And we ought to have the right to say yay or nay. 
and it's sad I that you know that's what you right. Said. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, that's the way to boil it down. And and yeah, I just think it's sad because I grew up in a time when computers were exciting. They were the new frontier, and they were fun, yeah. and you learn. And you know, I I I sucked at sports and. I just sucked at everything, but when I came home, I would take apart my computer and I would gobble it up. I would just learn as much as I could, and and now they're just machines to make us into couch potatoes and record what we're watching and tell other people what we're watching. Yeah, and what we talk about and what we're thinking about. And again, I'm not mad at the computer for this. Like they're collecting data. That is what they do. And some of the things that we are learning from that data is incredibly impactful globally in a positive way. Like he. Like we now know that mental health is a hot topic. Lots and lots and lots of people are talking about that. And if the internet had not collected that data and said, no, the world is talking about this, we would have continued down the path of, well, that's woo woo when we don't talk about that. And don't tell people you have a shrink. And now they're like, oh, you only have one? I've got three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole self-improvement thing. And believe me, that's what my next book is all about is just all that stuff. Um, but it's not all... bad yeah. if it's done right like that's and and oh what was i gonna say there was something really important about oh oh yeah right the side effect of the pandemic right we were so worried about not catching a germ that all of a sudden you know everyone's abusing each other and domestic abuse and everyone's uh, uh all this stuff this chaos is happening at home and and people are all miserable and and that side effect and kids are no longer socializing and everyone's got mental problems and oh yeah and the question and, the, and what we are finding, so that is that is one of the way that information is being put out there, but really it's because people were home and had a chance to discuss these things and it was caught by these things. So it's not like any of this was new or it's even worse since the pandemic. Like it's not like pandemic made abuse worse. It didn't make anti-socialization worse. What it did is it brought it forward. Brought It, it, it made it come to a head, right? Yeah. So now here's the thing that, well, for the last two years, Samsung has been recording that this has been going on in your home. Ask <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Samsung. Maybe they've got some uh, shrinks who are listening in and they're trying to help us. Right? Maybe that's it. So it's not like it's not like any of the tech stuff is bad. That tech is not bad. Tech, the tech world is not bad. But with great power comes great responsibility. I learned that from Spider Man when I was six. Okay. <laughs> Like, right, right. It's amoral. Like the, the machines themselves are amoral. It's the jokers who are using them to. It goes back to that leadership. It goes back to getting that consent. If we had a culture of consent, if every time this was going on, yes, you may run into the, yeah, just press, you know, the way I am with cookies, the cookie thing comes up and says, would you accept these cookies? I'm like, yes, I don't care. Just do, just give me the page. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. We will get to that place, but at least it's asking. And, and, and again, I mean, my whole job here is to give some awareness because people are so scared of computers. Oh, computers are scary and I don't know anything about them, right? So my job is to say, hey, look, I don't want to make you into a programmer, right? Because most people's computer guys make them spend hours and hours doing virus scans and I'm going to turn you into a technique. You know, it's it's like your mechanic making you change your own transmission fluid or whatever, right? right? I don't want that. But however, guess what? Guess what? I want you to know the ethics. I want you to know what's being done to you. I want you to know what products are hazardous to your health and what products are, are last longer. Yeah. 
I mean, if there, if we were going to make more rules, if I, if I could get into the politicians and say, okay, okay, you want to make some rules, let's make rules. If they were ethic rules and consent rules, that's really all that this business needs. Like you ethically have to be kind to other people. You ethically have to ask their permission to use their things. So you it's, do it with it's a toddler. More, yeah, it's more exposing what you're doing. That's instead yeah. of creating more complexity it's okay fine it's expose what you're doing explain what you're doing look at the man behind the curtain we all like the man behind the curtain we've all watched that ideally everyone watching this has seen alice or wizard of oz and knows what we're talking about but it's not like you pull the curtain back and at first you're like hey you're just a dude and kind of a charlatan he's a nice guy and you kind of like him and you want like you want him to succeed too so pull back the curtain and let's all just be meat suits and help each other out right and and that's the thing like i'll rant about for example general motors i rant about them on many 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 episodes but i when i first started my business i got a lot of referrals and one guy referred me to another for another and then all the gm execs locally started referring me and they're all the sweetest people you could ever meet and they're always like yeah they just blame the upper management which is okay fine maybe they're the bad guys but um but they're really sweet people and so i i like what you're saying and i forget to say that a lot is we're all just trying to do the best we can to feed our families. We all just need to learn that, hey, look, don't be greedy. Don't go after the money first. Don't screw people around. If you do the right thing, the money comes later. Yeah. I wish I could scream that from mountaintops. Money is a lag metric. It is not the goal. That's not how life works. If money is the goal, then money is finite. And that's why we have to keep reprinting new money. But if helping people and making things better is the goal, money follows. Well, money always comes later. And resources. It's more than money. Like everybody gets caught up on money in business, but you gain energy. You gain collaboration. You gain an entire network of support. Somebody out there, because you help them, is going to do the thing that you never want to do again because they love doing it. Because you help them by doing what you love doing. Holy, we could all just do what we love doing and make a perfect world. <gasps> Yeah, a few years ago, you know, I used I know, to be the, the guy to retail all the products and I had to do, you know, I had to be the all around computer guy. And then I found a local retail guy who was a high school buddy and I said, cool, anytime people need to buy products, I'll point them to you. I don't have to deal with it anymore. Right. Just finding those people. And, and yesterday I was on one of those networking meetings and this guy said, oh, yeah, I'll have you come and talk. And I have podcasters come and talk to my audience all the time. And I said, this sounds really great, but what's in it for you? And he goes, I don't charge you anything. I do it because God always pays me back. Yeah. And I said, whoa. I said, I've experienced that in, in my little ways, in my own little world, but whoa. So I, so just as a side tangent, not that this fits with the script, but for the last quarter, my I literally in my business said, for this quarter, I am not going to focus on money. I'm not going to focus on sales. I'm not, like I am eliminating that from my vocab. And for the last three months, I have not. And I made more money in three months not doing sales than I did the three months prior to that focusing on sales. I shifted my focus to providing value and being a helper and, and creating a network of people who I enjoy hanging out with, like Mark Anthony Arena. You know, you 
I got to remember that because I say it all the time, whatever. It, in my next book, I call it the side of the soldering iron. So when I solder uh, circuit boards, if you use the tip, it's it's you don't really get that hot. But if you lean it over and use the side of the tip of the pencil, there's more surface area, so it melts it very quickly. So if you look away instead of focusing on it, if you just turn away a little bit, stop focusing on the dollar amount, that's what happened with you. Yeah, yeah. And it consistently works my entire life. Every business I've talked to, when they make this switch, when we decide leadership, like this is literally my arena, right? Is that when you decide that leadership is the priority and the money will follow and you put your energy there, the things that your team comes up with, the people who are actually doing the job, makes you so much more money than anything you could come up with because you're a boss and you're not supposed to be doing the things anymore. That's for the people you're paying. And I got to learn that, too, because I'm a small business owner who wants to do everything himself, and I have to learn to oh. delegate. And yes. Yeah. Find the person who loves doing the thing that you never want to do again and work together. And, yeah. Yeah, shout out to my new apprentice. He's doing great. Um, <laughs> wow. So, thank you so much for being on the show, takingcareofbusiness.com. That's C-A-R-A. Um, hope to have you again. And, yeah, what a great episode. Thank you, Mark. Just awesome.